You're listening to Shared Sagas, an Australian RPG actual play podcast. This podcast features adult language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Greetings, and welcome to Shared Sagas. This is going to be episode four of our Waterdeep Dragon Heist campaign. Uh, my name is Tom. I will be your friendly GM slash DM as per usual. Let's meet our awesome players for today and their awesome characters, beginning with you, sir. Uh, I am Mark. I am playing the role of Hurst, who is a half-orc folk hero druid, uh, who is getting into a little bit of homebrewing at the moment because <laughs> of our, our new tavern ownerships. <laughs> Now, question, does Hurst already have a man bun, or are you working on that now? No, Hurst, I see Hurst as... Oh, I don't know what I see Hurst as, actually. You know, beard, as as though? Hers. I mean, there's two, there's two components see, to having yeah. a homebrew. You have to have a beard and a man bun, or one, or one or the other. I, I think he's definitely got or the beard. Or you have to be over 50. Well, true, yes. <laughs> over 50 and divorced. <laughs> Some big divorce dad. very specific. <laughs> Has to ask his kids what time their mother usually sends them to bed. <laughs> so, okay, so... Is, is that yes to a beard? Or he's no? got a, yeah, he's definitely got a beard. I think I see him as bald. I think I see him as like that sort of like bald headed beard thing that Kratos is rocking in the new God of War. Oh, perfect! Ooh. I love it. Great. It's probably got about the same sense of humor. That's Boy. really cool. So, so question: you you are listed. Your background is a folk hero. Yeah. So what what are you known for doing? What heroic mm. activity are you? Uh... Um, I think mostly at the moment it's just helping out uh, the little people, the small folk. Druid of the people. Yeah, druid of the people. Like cool. he, uh, as I've said before, he came to uh, the city to sort of like he sort of had this realisation that you know the city still is an, an environment sure is you know it's not a forest or you know the plains or the underdark water, but it's still an environment and there is life here that needs to be nurtured that's cool though so you you are looking to make your druidic stamp on the city which yeah. is a little unorthodox but basically yeah he's a, he's a man of the people he doesn't like the idea of essentially a class system at all okay like it and he always wants to make sure that people can be self-sufficient good yes great that's awesome and you sir hi i'm ben i am playing lyle hedgehalf a halfling cleric of timora that's pretty cool uh so lyle any any interesting fact we can learn about lyle this week good lord what uh interesting fact could lyle have to offer in this case um who's he into at the moment (laughs) tell us a little bit about his romantic background tell me your dreams so that i may ruin them (laughs) I think I think we know who Lyle is into at the moment. I think everybody knows who Lyle is into at the moment. Yeah. Somehow there's a noble family in Water in in uh, Baldur's Gate that knows about the fact that uh, Lyle. <laughs> Lyle is lucky in many things, including love, as it turns out. Uh-huh. Well, there you go. We'll see about that. We'll see. You yeah. <laughs> side quest. So, and finally for today, uh, my name is Nadia, and I am playing Jez Locke, one half of the Locke twins. She is a rogue criminal half elf she runs a criminal organization with her brother who is not here at the moment she's uh small and feisty bit of attitude most of the time hungover but is fairly good natured and you know even though she does work in the the underbelly of the city she tries to do you know she has her own moral code within that 
Right, okay, so sort of a benevolent uh, criminal. Definitely. Okay, fantastic. And just for the recording, so you're aware, normally we have uh, the other half of the Locke twins being Nick Locke, played by Nick. Uh, he, however, is away today, so uh, he, and, and also Sam normally plays our gnome wizard Izzy. So for today, we're going to be saying that they are mm-hmm. actually both being members of the Harpers, or allies of the Harpers. They're going to be going away doing some... Uh, minor harper business, which will hopefully get you a little bit of coin. Um, so, to recap for last week, we introduced our characters to their new home, Troll Skull Manor. You battled with a toad in the bathtub on, in, on the top floor to, mm-hmm. to, to spectacular effect. You met up with three adorable urchins who seemed to hang around your neighborhood, and you had a battle with some Zentara, a street fight, really, is mm-hmm. the best way to describe it, with, with some Zentarum in the alleyway. You also met a few of the colorful characters that own businesses in Troll Skull Alley, which is your new little cul de sac neighborhood, which mm-hmm. is very quaint and lovely. And so, as we begin our scene today, we are going to be picking up right where we left off with you stepping out of the Tiger's Eye, which is a very strange yes. uh, store with a very odd fellow in there. Vincent uh, Trench. Vincent Trench, a private investigator. So, well, good to know if you need some information, you can, for a very reasonable fee, pay to have it apparently obtained. Well, at the moment, we've already learned what could be argued as very pertinent information. Which is? Uh, let's see. Our, um, our potential bar was previously an orphanage. Yes. That was being overseen by a hag, mm. which is not ideally what you want in charge of children. No. Uh, who may have murdered our uh, erstwhile and eternal um, ghost bartender. That appears to be the case. Or so Vincent Trench says. Indeed. Who knows what else within that mystery will be unraveled. But as we begin our scene today, we are in Troll Skull Alley. You can see people toing and froing. The servants of all the reasonably well-to-do homes nearby are in full force as there's around about lunchtime and lots of things need to be obtained. You can see a bunch of stalls and other businesses that you have yet to uh, visit and poke your head into. Uh, Just to give you a brief recap on what else you can see at the present time, you of course have got the large uh, bookstore, of course. Mm -hmm. You have got a couple of other businesses that you can see. You can see that there is a butcher. Uh, You can see a very colourful pair of salons. So, you know, hair, manicure, pedicure, essentially salons. And they appear to be two, which are almost identical looking, and they're side by side, and they must be competitors of the strangest variety. So that And they're both garishly decorated in bright, bright colours and so forth. So that's very interesting. Uh, You also have what appears to be a quaint candy store at the very end of the alleyway. It is clearly uh, just a a, a lollies and treats, uh, sort of a bakery. uh, Think of it like a bakery combined with a candy store. All manner of indulgences with one's sweet tooth can likely be obtained there. And that's at the very end as well. Also a bunch of other residents. You can see it's a very peaceful place. There are children in the road. You can see that there is a trio of halflings who are minstrels who are performing in the street. Oh, excellent. They have a little sign above them saying that their band name is Short and Sweet. Oh. And, and they are they are actually they're actually really good. Like they're like they're the kind of buskers where you stop and go, oh, okay, yeah. All right, I will. I will stop and listen. I, I really wish, in the modern day, I really wish I actually carried cash or anyone did. <laughs> um, you know, but cash. yeah, what? <laughs> so yeah, these three halflings—they're I mean, they're doing little tumbles and stuff. They're like they—they seem to be a, a combination of uh, sort of motley acrobats and really, really good 
you know, minstrels. So, you know, performing up the wazoo. And they have got, of course, some delighted folk who are stopping briefly as the, even the, the beleaguered and harried servants are giving them the, the, the few minutes of appreciation before moving on with arms full of things that they have to obtain for their wealthy employers. You're keeping an eye out, of course, for trouble or anything else like that. One thing you do notice also is that there is a notice board, which may be uh, applicable to yourselves if you wanted to, you know, get some bounties or, you know, quests, etc. Uh, for local endeavors. Ah, uh, yes, the quest hub. <laughs> well, well, frankly, frankly, so. I mean, this is a world where adventurers are known to exist, and mercenaries and other things like that. So they there is definitely works. a notice board. The notice board isn't all just you know tasks that need doing. Sometimes they're just announcements about certain things. Uh, you know, as a, as any neighborhood or city notice board would be. But it is surrounded by the uh, the delightful smells and sounds of Troll Skull Alley that, that we begin our session today. What catches your eye as well is, you know, walking into the edge of the entrance to this little cul-de-sac, you can see that there is a small patrol of City Watch. Uh, not, you know, looking around or anything like that. They are probably going to be ambling over to their uh, to the scene of the street fight, frankly, since there are still some corpses there. So yes. it's up to you whether you just want to make yourself scarce and avoid that trouble or whether you would like to, I don't know, fess up and explain the situation. <laughs> the well-to-do toddler screaming from the window will likely provide some sort of an accounted witness, but hmm. it's up to you. So you... we take down the toddler. Is that what you're saying, Tom? Yes. No. <laughs> Operation take down the wealthy, well-to-do toddler. Operation lap time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I right, just you know shan't be having a nap today. <laughs> you know what? Just... just just for that, everyone gets inspiration. That's, yeah. That, that's, that's good. I like that. So, enough rambling from me. What do you do? All right. So, what's okay, the plan then? All right. Uh, so, we're going to be taking odd jobs, right? Yeah. And hopefully not for the shitheads that make this city shit. We well, should. we can try to find something a little bit more in the up and up. That's what you're after, well, it's, Drew and no, your friend? It's not necessarily even just like legal work, but I don't know. You know, fuck the water lines. <laughs> So you're looking for a job specifically that fucks the Lord's Alliance, is that right? Damn 1% bastards. Yeah, but, well not specifically, but I just not 100% comfortable working for them. You know, I'm not comfortable working for the quote-unquote legitimate arm of the Zents or whatever. Mm. I just, you know, they're all shifty and they all hurt people just in different ways. I feel like I feel like avoiding anything to do with the, the Zenith uh, or the Zents or in our long-term yeah. interests. We're in agreement then. All right. So, let's see what the notice board has to offer. Let's check it out. Mm -hmm. On your way to the notice board, you get ever closer to... Uh, well, you pass by within view of... Well, first of all, two things. Uh, the City Watch, as you uh, are approaching the alleyway where your skirmish just occurred. Yep. You notice they, they disappear down it, and so nothing to draw you to the scene except for the eyewitness of a toddler, so that'll be fine. Mm -hmm. You also notice there is an elf holding a very large sign out the front of the bookstore. Oh. and appears to be shouting in protest oh. uh, you know holding it up and from this distance you can't make out what they're saying but they certainly seem to be effectively holding some kind of a protest sign out the front of the bookstore what does the sign say? you would need to get a little bit closer in order to see but you certainly can I'll get closer Okay, so as you approach, you can see that this... Uh, it, so, judging by their appearance, it would appear to be uh, Fala, who, of course, is the agendered elf that yes. owns the uh, apothecary, Coraline's crown. And they are, uh, you know, tall, broad-shouldered. They are uh, appear to be a wood elf. Mm -hmm. So they have tan skin and sort of light chestnut brown hair, which is tied back in a, a very elaborate, intricately woven braid. 
Mm -hmm. uh, they are dressed in a sort of a simple homespun green tunic and has a shawl over their shoulders. Mm -hmm. uh, they are very, very bright and have a really expressive androgynous face. Um, they are holding up their sign which says no more Duskwood and they are chanting exactly that to that effect. Do we know what that means? Anybody who wants to can give me a survival or survival you say. I do. Or nature check. Ooh, well, nature you say. We might outsource. We might outsource this role to someone qualified and uh, I think so. In the druidic arts, well, someone who's on good standing with the Emerald Enclave. Uh, First, do you know anyone? Yeah, funny story. Uh, my survival's <laughs> better than my nature. <laughs> That's okay. That seems appropriate. That's not going to do anything. I've, I've, I mean, I've never even heard of the Duskwood. Fantastic. So I, I know what those two words mean independently of one another. <laughs> yeah. So you realize they actually have three signs, and as you watch, they, they seem to get two hands, Tom. They, okay. They are, <laughs> two of them are resting against the wall of this quaint little bookstore, and they put one down and exchange it for another one, and they hold it up, which says, Duskwood equals murder. Whoa. So I'll I'll actually genuinely I think Hurst is a bit curious because mm -hmm. I'm like okay this dusk wood this sounds like something I would be vaguely interested in so I'll sort of roll up to them and be like sure hey uh, a couple of questions if you don't mind so uh, so the elf uh, who you pr presume to be Fala they have really big bright beautiful green eyes and they and they look at you with some astonishment not clearly you have seen have, maybe perhaps not having seen a uh, a, a half walk for some time but for for whatever reason they look at you with some recognition uh, right. and some. Some, some some noticeable, you know, dad. <laughs> no, so, so they, being being an elf, would likely be I don't know four times your age, <laughs> but still, they say, oh yes, anything at all. I'm happy to tell you anything. Okay, so uh, what's the dusk wood? Why is this equal murder? Why are you standing here to do that? And what is wrong with you? <laughs> why the different signs? I guess, uh, and also what? So I'm new to this city a little bit. What does this? whole deal here accomplish ah yes of course I know your parents they, they pull back the edge of their, their the edge of their cloak and you can see that they actually have an emerald enclave pin essentially a, a small badge that, that indicates that they are don't tell them I'm, you didn't see me please oh absolutely the, no worries about that no worries at all just so you know the duskwood it's a rare and beautiful forest that has magical trees and wood and Rishal this terrible Person, they say, pointing up at the uh, uh, the business behind them. <laughs> I thought you were going to say pointing up at the the water oh toddler. No, <laughs> is using duskwood for their spell scrolls here. Yep. Do you know that every year a tenth of the duskwood is taken away? Soon it'll be all gone. So like we've got less than ten years. Indeed, and then there's no. Or more is dusk that like compounding a tenth so that's like ninety percent and then like eighty-one <laughs> percent? They frown in puzzlement and say. No, that was simply the figure that was told to me. I'll be honest and tell you that my maths beyond the measurements for alchemical ingredients is not, well, it's not as good as it could be, but the fact of the matter is I do know one thing, and that is this precious forest is going to be gone in some time if they stop, if they don't stop using duskwood for their scrolls. I realise that they're the best to use for arcane scrolls, but there are other alternatives. Such uh, as? Well, I don't know, but they must be. There must be other things. I'm not an arcane caster, I... I'm sure you can make scrolls from other things. No, you can't. You make scrolls from like sheep. Don't what? they have that? What? Um, it's called melon. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. I think it's. it's sheep I mean, is lamb. it like it's yeah. a magical property? So I imagine. What happens when you get a sheepskin when you graduate? I guess. Indeed. 
says Fowler, turning to you. Magical properties, I suppose, but I, I, I don't know. They, there has to be some other alternative. Yeah, no, that's um, yeah, that's not right, hey? The, the door behind them opens, and you can actually see that there is a short, slightly portly dragonborn. A gold, yeah. a golden dragonborn, a uh, male dragonborn, and he has he has spectacles, and he has a sort of a. a he essentially check out this nerd. <laughs> yeah, so he's a little short, a little short, chubby, spectacle wearing dragonborn, uh, gold, gold scaled in color. Now uh, that has a uh, effectively a dark blue robe over them. Uh, he says, "Please, please stop this. Please, don't let this. Don't don't let them distract you. Please, please come inside. Please come inside if you want to come in." I could use your help. Yeah, with... I definitely walk in. Yeah. So you walk in. It's what Izzy would have wanted. Poor Izzy. Poor Izzy. Take it from us. <laughs> Wait to fight too soon. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know they're not dead. Oh, God, I can hear. Oh. It's like they're almost here. <laughs> so, so you walk into the bookstore. The bookstore is beautiful. It is this quaint... On the inside, you realise that the first two stories are essentially just this almost slightly circular library. There are wooden stairs which are beautifully carved that wind all the way up to the second mezzanine on the second floor. Uh, mm-hmm. Once again, more st- stocks and it, there are a couple of very large desks that have got some properties and, you know, scrolls and parchment and maps and books and binders and all kinds of things. So the Dragonborn says, Hello, my name is Rushal and... I would like to apologize for this disturbance out the front. I, I, I recognize their objections, and so I have not had the city watch remove them, but they are ruining my business. So if you recognize their objections, what are you doing to... Listen, I understand the concerns about the Duskwood, but I don't have any other options. It's the only paper I can get that is high enough quality. My customers expect no less from me. Meanwhile, they're ruining my business. If you can convince father to stop this I will happily pay you I could convince you to use different paper and achieve the same result um, <laughs> the same result maybe before we decide to accept one job or the other we might want to discuss what's going on here no I'm pretty sure I'm across what's going on I'm just saying like the dust wood it's I mean it's just paper mate like it's paper can anybody who wants to anybody at all uh, give me a knowledge arcane Arcana? Arcana and Intelligence Arcana check. <laughs> I'm going to roll this, but I add nothing to it. I'm going to get 15. Wow. Okay. Hello. What'd you get? I got a one. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Which brings my total roll to one. Seven. So the total then, sorry, was uh, what? I got the highest at 15. Yes. At 15. 15. Okay, great. So you and you alone, actually. Mm know that there are actually a couple of alternatives to Duskwood. Uh, Really high quality paper that one can obtain that doesn't have to be uh, necessarily magical per se and is, mu- and is much more plentiful uh, but to be fair to him he may not be aware of them because it, the, there would be very few traders that would actually be able to have a supply chain set up but certain factions like for example the Emerald Enclave or the Harpers or the Zentarum or I mean the Lord Alliance obviously they're all about trade um, if, you made a, if you made contact with them uh, or if he did, then they may be able to to actually get put him in contact with essentially a, a, a trader or merchant that can supply these things. Another question as well. Certainly. It's spell scrolls. Yes. Do they are they one use items that are then disposed of? Yes, correct. Interesting. 
she considers a recycling program. <laughs> <laughs> I can get you. Uh, is that is, is that even possible? Well, Would we? What, what could you even do scroll? something? Well, that's what I, I wonder. Is it something that you can kind of you know Normally, recombine them and turn them into it, new? It varies. Scrolls? No one really asks these questions. It, it varies. Usually, just disappear usually from inventory. Usually, the writing uh, goes blank. Yes, but yes, the I scroll don't know if that's itself. changed since then. So I'm going to say that. So it says that the scroll is expended, but it doesn't say that the paper is expended. That's right. So that's really interesting. No. So look, look let's look. Let let us do a bit of world building and say that sure. when you when you use a spell scroll, the arcane script is evaporated and mm. magically destroyed, but perhaps the paper itself remains. Hmm. All right. So I'm going to say, if that's okay, there is a potential couple of options here for you. Oh, please. I'm all, all open for options. But I'd like to have a quick chat with my colleagues first, if you wouldn't mind. Absolutely. Whatever whatever peaceably ends this. Alright, alright. So we she- had a good we had a good arrangement. Uh, we, we are not, uh, we, we both t- trade in uh, arcane things. I sell scrolls, Farla sells potions. It's a uh, business that uh, is interlinked but doesn't directly conflict. I think we, we could go back to having a good business arrangement. Okay, so Jez takes the other two aside and yep. just says, I have an idea and I have some information. First mm. is that I know that there are alternate options we would just need to negotiate a trade route so they're open not like conversations easy to get then not necessarily easy but not hard either just a channel that we might need to set up for this gentleman they'd probably really appreciate it if we could open some sort of new trade thing for them but my argument there then is mm-hmm. that trees well there's only there's degrees of sustainability here yeah trees take a while to grow they do in my experience and well what my understanding of what happens to a scroll after it's spent is that the paper is still there so maybe if you were institute if you were to institute some kind of recycling program where perhaps once you had spent your spell scroll, if you took it back to his shop, he would give you a discount on the next one. Hmm. And that way, the paper wouldn't need to be disposed of afterwards. What do you guys think? I mean, that would probably make everybody happy, which, I mean, that might be useful in the long run, I guess. Like, I, I'm, not a, I'm not afraid of upsetting people, but, like, you know, we're new here. And Is if, 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 if we want our tavern to be popular, then we need to not uh, have people refusing to come in. Is the situation maybe that... Oh, paper... So, by the rules of 5th Ed, when a scroll is cast, the words on the scroll fade and the scroll itself crumbles to dust. Mm -hmm. So, but, listen, it, it could be the fact that he, for a little bit of extra cost could potentially make it so that the sec- only the first part of that happens. Mm. Well, especially oh. with the, like, magic... I mean, thing. it's magic, right? Like, if you want to spend a bit of extra augmentation to make a spell mm. scroll not crumble to dust afterwards, I don't see why not. It's just leaving a bit of paper, right? All right. You, actually, yeah, that's the way you do it. Some sort of cantrip that's bound into it, so mend in the yeah. sense mm. would repair. It mends itself as its yeah, final one square foot of, but the But the writing ultimately is lost. Uh, well, absolutely. Because whatever magic that went into it, into its crafting, exactly has been so. So a recycling program whereby he puts extra money in with the proviso that you know you'll bring back the the used scroll etc. Listen, I reckon it can work. I think it's a cool creative idea. And so look, it's all magic anyway. I agree. And I think that they could use that partnership wherein the kind of customers that would go to one shop would go to the other to market that exchange. All right. Now here's my thing. 
How do we gain on this? Oh, like make money off it? Yeah. I yeah. can't believe I didn't think about that. You are a smart little duck. All right, all right. Uh. So I say that we go to the shopkeeper and we say that we'll get him one final shipment of the paper in exchange for setting up a side business Mm -hmm. that will have bins where people can dispose (laughs) of these scrolls into them and then they're picked up and delivered maybe a little bit of a a a job for our three friends urchin friends to deliver to the shop yeah so the the business is is that you drop the scroll in he 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 employs us to to bring the the scroll bins to him Hmm. that sounds great (laughs) (laughs) you just invented this magic recycling uh we can also if we're hooking him up with uh, those other materials, uh, be the go-between to facilitate these transactions, right? And, you know, we deserve some consideration for our time. I think so. And so we just tack on, like, a little extra thing on the cost of the scrolls to keep for ourselves, and everybody profits, I think. All right. Sounds good. That's a, that's a really great creative idea. I'm going to do everything I can to make this work. So let's okay. Let's so, go back to the shopkeeper. What's okay. his name again? Sorry. Bar owners, scroll dealers. Rishal is his name. Rishal. So you walk back into the bookstore, and he is he looks up at you expectantly and arranges his spectacles on the edge of his snout. Rishal, uh, Jez, Jez Lock, by the way. Oh, a, p- a pleasure, a pleasure. Uh, so we have an idea. Fantastic! I, I would love to hear it. We will secure for you one final shipment. Of the Duskwood. I don't like the word final, but go on. The reason why it needs to be final only, and this will save you money, is that when you pull together these spell scrolls, if you enchant them in whatever way, I don't know how magic works, but I've been told that this can work, so that after the spell is spent and cast, the paper itself doesn't degrade into dust and then that person brings that back to you now not only does that reduce your overhead costs and increase your profit margin but you no longer have these you know people at the front of your your shop talking trash and uh you know you've got a sustainable resource i mean that's some good branding right there too yeah which is great timing because we uh you know we have just now opened a business that facilitates that entire process exactly so when you're done with your scroll you put it in in the bin the bin gets picked up taken back to you uh you've just saved a whole bunch of money on paper because it's the same paper that you're using again and again and again i see it's an intriguing idea but it does rely on a couple of things first of all it relies on people managing to retain the scrolls intact effectively not having them be damaged by any other means and it also relies on people not being lazy and actually putting it in the bin can i put forward can i ask a question there um sorry his name again rachel rachel off the top of your head in terms of say import fees and arranging for people to go into the dustwood take the paper and retrieve it you'd mm-hmm. be looking at a pretty significant overhead right uh yes Let, let's just say that i pay through the nose for my dustwood paper Indeed. If you could perhaps incentivize your customers to take use or make use of this program. So if they were to return it to, say, a nominated uh, reseller, we can either off, you know, offset with some sort of discount or we can take we can take ownership of the paper, sell, uh, resell to them at a small cost, resell to you at a slightly um, better cost. <laughs> and therefore, you're bringing the paper in without having to worry about the um, excess stamp duty and what have you. 
Interesting. So that we would be fronting some of the money for gaining, uh, for, for them providing the paper. Paper I, for money. I mean, there are, there are, there are more stupid ideas. There and certainly then, are. And then we sell the, we sell it back to you. I see. I see. Now, of course, the practicality of the ink. Actually, uh, I tell you what, this is almost guaranteed to work, but I have a small idea that will require Farla's assistance, I believe. Hmm. Will you convince them to come in and have a chat? I think we can do that. We're very persuasive. If so, I feel we can come to an accord. All right. He, he opens the door for you. You walk outside. Farla's taking a small break and is drinking from a water skin. If we get them to come, if we get adventurers to come into the tavern to drop off the paper, they can also stop in for a drink. Oh, brilliant. I love it. Uh, so, my my friends, please, entree. Okay, so you say that to Farla? Yeah. So they say, I'm not going in there until they promise not to use Duskwood any further. Yeah, we're, that's what we want you to go in and talk about. They look skeptical and cross their arms. Anybody that wants to can give me some kind of a persuasion check. Persuasion, you'll say. Yeah, I'll give it a go. A little bit of it, but if you want to give it a go. Well, okay, both of you can. Okay. It'll, it'll be a... What do you say? Okay. I'm a 13. Yeah, 10 for me, so do you want to give it a go? Well, every part of negotiation starts with putting two people together in the same room. Now, Rishal has a proposal that he would like very much for you, Fala, to hear. If you don't like it, you're still in a position of power that you can walk away and continue your protest, but what harm is there in hearing him out? Okay, okay. And that's that's pretty good, actually. And what do you say to, to, to help out as well, uh, Jess? Jess just says, um, if you're only willing to talk, then you could save your forest. All right, I suppose. He's otherwise always been very agreeable. Very well. And they step inside. Rishal gestures to a, a small table that is laden with books, which he removes. Father sits down and stares at him with an appraising eye, but not altogether hostile. He sits down and says, all right, so... I have an idea, a method by which I could potentially have the magical inks and incantations not destroy the scrolls. They have proposed a recycling program for these scrolls. It will benefit all of us. And in fact, I want to bring you in on this as well, because could you do something with the inks that I use? The one component that I have not added in Chairman 2, it is a little bit outside of my, are there any uh, potion-like or organic magical liquids that I might use that you feel would have a preserving quality. There are plenty of magical liquids. You just got to want them enough to, to get them. Fala says, actually, yes, he's right. I, yes, of course. If you had this as an intention and you wanted to use some writings on your scroll that would not destroy the scroll, I think I could whip, whip up something that could do exactly that. Hmm. I see. Well, in which case we would not only... Uh, be preserving Duskwood for that little longer. I will spread the word of this technique, of course, so that the others, it's not just me who uses Duskwood in the city, but many, many others, I can spread this word and uh, hopefully we could really expand this. Mm. Yes, yes. And then it won't just simply be stopping your store from using Duskwood, but potentially many others in the city. I think we have an agreement, don't you? And he holds forth his clawed golden hand. They look at it for a split second and then take it enthusiastically and pump it with both hands, grabbing it. Excellent. Indeed. It is so nice to be friends again. Indeed. And they look at each other fondly. Aww. Father stands up and turns around and says, please, come to my store. I must reward you. Won't say no to that. Yeah, no, that's, um, yeah. I, sort of, I lost the plot uh, uh, there a little bit. Reward is good. <laughs> <laughs> Rishal says, your, your insight has been amazing. Shall we say 10% of profits? Ooh, yes, we should. Yes! Yeah, uh, I I'll mean, accept that. We could probably take 
we're getting 10% for, you know, doing nothing, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like this is, you know, good for the planet and all that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's just like, oh, yeah, the planet. No, he's like, yeah, no, it's... Um, That's right, the planet. I love that. <laughs> no, look, the forests are important, stuff. but... Honestly, uh, a lot of uh, druids, they're like, you know how, like, you like Hello. something, like sword fighting or, 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 or you know, the, your god or whatever, but then there are other people who mm. like it a lot more than you and you, they kind of make you feel uncomfortable and weird? Are <laughs> <laughs> you talking feel, about gatekeeping? That's how I feel with a lot of druids. They're like, they almost like the forest too much. <laughs> it's kind of weird. It's like, I mean, I mean, there's nature loving and then there's nature loving. Yeah. Okay, that's really quite funny. <laughs> so, the bookworm, which is the bookstore, is owned by Fala. No, Rochelle. Yeah. Rochelle, sorry. That's right. I'm going to get those names right at some point. <laughs> Are you? Well, you know, <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see. Okay, so, first of all, first of all, sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. Just, no, um, so, okay. Rochelle turns away and runs to a side cabinet, which he opens and pulls out three scrolls and, mm-hmm. brings, and brings them over to you and presents them to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't use scrolls. Do you too? I'll grab them. I'll grab them. I, you know, I sort of just pursed, um gestures broadly at his tattoos and his, like, druidic symbols and stuff like that. It's like, like, I've got everything I need to cast spells. You turned your arms into scrolls. So, I guess I did, didn't I? Mm. That's weird. <laughs> mm. So he hands you... Little. So he says, uh... Uh, listen, you seem to be of an adventurous sort. What uh, kinds of activities do you normally get up to? Brewing. <laughs> uh, we enjoy hosting people at our tavern that's opening soon. You should come by and check it out. It's good. Okay, well, good. that's been... <laughs> so he hands for it. Here is a scroll of suggestion. Here are two scrolls of detect magic. They always come in handy. And here is one of comprehend languages. Oh, that's good. Mm, I think this stands. May they serve you well. That, oh. by, that, that, by the way, is would essentially cost close to you know, 175, 200 gold. So he's been very generous. Hers is no comprehension of that value. That's true. Do you make your way now to Coraline's Crown? Coraline's Crown being the... Fala's uh, Fala's herbalist store. Thank you. All right, that works for me. For sure. Yep, indeed we do. Okay, so it's it's a short trip. You walk up to the other end of the alleyway. As you do, you can see that there are, in fact, the city watcher, you know, wandering around and starting to question people about the skirmish in the alleyway. You see that they are talking to... An elderly woman uh, who is in a very, almost slightly Victorian looking black dress. She's tall and thin and she has her grey hair done up in a very severe beehive. She is sitting there talking to them with some disdain in her voice as she points to the corpses, which are now, mm. as as we speak, being kind of wrapped up and, you know... Carted off. Car- carted off, exactly so. Um, if I can get a little closer, we heard someone tell the witnessing toddler that it was time to sleep. I want to see if I can see if that's the same. Might match the voice to the name. No. Okay. Sounds good. So absolutely not. Uh, I mean, it's very, there is a, you can tell right away that it's a different voice. And the woman that is there, uh, she, by the way, behind her has what appears to be a tiefling, a male tiefling who's tall, broad shouldered, wearing black leather armor. Uh, and has got, you know, two uh, scimitars at their side and a cloak. Mm. They have, you know, sort of dark bluish 
skin and yep. uh, the horns, of course, uh, coming out as per usual, who are Indeed. kind of looking around. This woman is very well-dressed and looks to be potentially a noblewoman, and this tiefling behind her appears to be something of a manservant slash bodyguard, Absolutely. and so sort of looks cautiously at anybody approaching. But you can get close enough to hear her voice. Excellent. All right, and in that case, I should be able to get a gist of what she's going on about. Indeed. So they, so she's essentially demanding that the City Watch go into the buildings and interrogate anybody for any witnesses, basically. Really? Yes. So she's... She seems personally invested in this murder. Indeed so. And actually, can you can you give me a an insight check? Yes, I can. Uh, halfling ability to reroll a one, thank you. I have insight. I misread my character sheet. Well, okay, that's a problem. Uh, so it's a 13. A 13. Okay, nothing no. that you can really pick up from that, no. unfortunately. Although, uh, uh, Jez and I... I do two just to inside normally. That's okay. a 17. Hey... The 17's not too bad. That also, however, won't reveal anything per se, but anybody that wants to can give me a perception check. I will do that. Ah. So as you all sit there looking at her, sort of furiously pointing and raising an imperious eyebrow as she points at the upper walls. Yes, sir. Uh, DM, I rolled a 23. Wow. Okay. And That's uh, natural. It, oh, good stuff. On and, the dice. And Jez? Uh, 15. 15. Yes. And Lau? Uh, in my case, no. Six. Okay. So... Nadia, you pick up on the fact, at least, that there's something somewhat familiar about her face. Just, just you know, like you've seen it before, or there's something you should recognize about it. Hurst, you can tell with that check, mm-hmm. this woman resembles the Zent that you killed in the alleyway. Going by the age difference, you would say grandmother, the young blonde man who... Uh, was the leader of the Zents that you had a street fight with, the one that Jez killed. You are one actually with that with that role, you are one hundred percent certain this is his grandmother. Uh, I sort of grab everyone. Yep. First, it's just like, all right, uh, we don't want to interrupt with this crime scene here. Uh, we should probably <laughs> go another way. All right. Um, seeing the seriousness in your tone, I'll do just that. So you make your way away, and Jez. So you've got that sort of. Where have I seen it before? Mm. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so, do you want to do you want to talk about it, mate? What, what's going on? You shut up and walk. Oh, all right, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Who's Wait, that? no. Who's that? <laughs> Wait, what do I need to replace that with? Uh, so you can say by the nine hells. What's your um? Paper. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Or you can just say... I tend to see... Um, religiously illiterate. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, atheist, but that really doesn't random play perfections in the space-time continuum. <laughs> people like to curse Bathsheba because she's the goddess of bad luck, so people will just say really crass things like, ah, oh, Bathsheba's tits, yeah, what's that? You know, that, that whole thing, if you want to be a bit lewd. So we'll say that you make your way to a nice, quiet alcove in an alleyway across from there, far away from the prying eyes of uh, vengeful grandmother. And now, Hurst, please continue. Ah, uh, so uh, that, like, Lady, the old lady that was there? Yes. Uh, she looks uh, a lot like the dude we killed in that fight. The Zen dude? Oh. Oh. The Zen guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was I obviously somebody. She familiar. Yeah, he's, he's obviously somebody um, important or something. Well, I mean, obviously it's important to his grandmother, but like, maybe we just give that a, 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 a wide pass, eh? I would agree with that, yeah. Absolutely. It's also maybe not talking up how well we've uh, how well we've improved crime in this area. Indeed so. You notice that after a short while, she goes to get in a nearby carriage, which is then driven by the tiefling bodyguard that, uh, with a, a very hers, you would notice a very harsh, an overly harsh crack of 
of the of the reins. Yeah, but, like I, I but hear the, the horses are not treated well. Yeah, all. I hear the horses whinny, and I'm like, that's mm. that's the bad. No, that's the bad noise. That's the bad noise. And they, but they they, they go away with some haste. It would seem they're, they're looking to be very 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 keen to get out of this alleyway. With that, then I suppose mm-hmm. uh, you make your way to Coraline's crown. Making your way there, you can see that it is a very quaint, very cottage-looking structure. But the most notable thing about it is that the top floor seems to be a greenhouse. It's a sort of an atrium. It's a beautiful sort of greenish-style glass, uh, which is domed. And you can already see that there are... Uh, you, can, you can see the condensation inside. You can see that there are plants and so forth growing. You swear you can actually even um, hear a couple of birds and such flying about inside it. Oh. It's a very nice place indeed. Out, out the front, you can there are many, many, many potted plants and both on the windowsill and also just lined up in the front. There is a beautiful uh, aroma right on the outset and as you go into the store you notice that there's a couple of elven wood wood chimes which uh, sort of start to make a whistling like a a haunting uh, whistling sound magically as Mm -hmm. you open the door. And so inside of course you can see that Fala is already lined up on the bench. There's a huge wooden bench and a few potted plants here and there. All kinds of ingredients hang in rows and rows from the wall so you can see that there's you know just you know everything from cloves of garlic to other really rare herbs and such Hurst, you, you actually you know being something of a nature person looking around you're like man this is this is really quite the collection like yeah. for, for us this is a very like you don't expect to see a lot of this stuff in the middle of a city you're like oh, oh all right no very mu- very much so and you can see that there is a huge multicolored parrot monkey that is over at the at the side that sounds like the worst combination yeah, what, can you can you tell us a little bit about what parts are parrot and what parts are monkey? Absolutely. So first of all, the monkey itself has a beak uh-huh. and it has a oh, you know like, like a like a plume, a crest, a comb, a comb. Thank you on its head, and it is multicolored like a toucan and it has multicolored wings on its back. But wings, but wings on its like its arms aren't wings. It has wings on its back like an angel, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just kind of sitting there munching on a very very sweet smelling nectarine. And it looks up at you and sort of gives like a little something between a, a and a, and a uh, the core of a parrot. Mm-hmm. And it flies up to you excitedly as you walk in. And Hurst goes to offer you some of its half eaten nectarine. Oh, have we seen one of these? I'll things take before? it. Hurst no, is it I mean they're very rare. Yeah, you, you take it. It's nice. Hurst, Hurst has a bite. Jess just says, what in the nine hells is that thing? Parrot monkey. Fala, yeah, it's, I mean, come on. Fala turns and walks up. <laughs> Fala turns to you and says, oh, uh, so that's simply my uh, familiar, my parrot monkey. Oh. Yeah, it's very familiar with me. His name though. is Nobbin. Hello, Nobbin. Nobbin. So, no, so, the, so the parrot monkey says, hello. Oh, uh, hi. Does it speak or is it just, does it know some words and repeat them? Well, I, it, it knows quite a few words. How many uh, swear words does it know? <laughs> How many so, swear words can I teach it? So far, Fala's pleasant face cracks into a sly grin, and they say, "Watch!" and, and just sort of just gives gives uh, Nobbin a little poke in the belly, and Nobbin says, "Fuck off!" Okay. <laughs> come, come, please. I have a reward for you—a couple of potions. Now it's up to you. I have, first of all, I have these. I think these will be most beneficial for you. And hands you a potion of invisibility. Ooh, yes. And two potions of he- of cure wounds. Of healing, I should say. Sorry, pardon me. Two, two potions of healing. So invisibility and healing. Now, I do also have a couple of minor mishaps, which I would ordinarily be disposing of, but mm-hmm. if you're willing to gamble it, as I know adventurers are often wanted to do, I could offer you a couple of potions that will work. 
with their intended properties, but may have some interesting side effects. Oh, this sounds fun. All right, go on. Okay. All right, then. Uh, so, first of all, this is the, another yet another potion of healing. Mm-hmm. And a potion of animal friendship and a potion of climbing. So when you say that there are side effects, can you go into a little bit more detail? Unfortunately, I can't. I have no idea what they will be. I know they're not likely to be damaging or overtly hostile, but they could be very wacky. Quick question. Yes. Potions always have to... Not for the... Uh, not for the... This is out of game. Okay, sure. Potions always have to be consumed, yeah? In their entirety, yes, mm-hmm. correct. Mm-hmm. You can't, like, take a sip of one and get a partial effect or anything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. It's, like you, mm-hmm. it's, it's all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Continue. <laughs> so Fala says, Listen, it's up to you. You can either have them or you can give them to somebody as a joke. I don't care, but... I, tr- I trust that you'll be able to dispose of them if you don't want to use them. Oh, yeah, no, we'll we'll have a good time with them. Thank you. I'd like to think that some of my mishaps... Go- I don't have too many of them, but w- would I be uh, overstepping to bring them to you each week if you're going to be re- residing in Trollskull? Did I hear that? Yes. No, yeah. that'd, be, that'd be good. We And we are definitely willing to uh, try these and report back on any... Uh, what, what was the term he used? Wackiness? Yeah. Wackiness that... Must be some sort of alchemical scientific yeah. term. I'm sure we can find somebody... Um, Willing to drink the potions. <laughs> they jump up and down delightedly. They are really, they are such an energetic elf. Normally elves are all so serene and whatnot. They are just like, they, they clap their hands excitedly and they're just, they're, their huge green eyes just beam at you. They say, oh, that's delightful. I'm so glad. So, uh, listen, I understand you're opening up Trollskull. Do you intend to serve food and drink and such? Oh yeah, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have any need for any uh, reagents that could aid for fermentation if you intend to homebrew or any herbs and spices that you might be wanting to use in your menu I'd be happy to help you many of them aren't many of the, those that I grow just for fun and aren't really used for such things I, I take them for my ingredients my potions but I'm often left with leftovers that could very easily be used to, to spice up food or uh, help make uh, certain beverages delightful mm. thank you very much okay, I think this will be quite a good partnership then this neighbourhood's long had a tradition of uh, uh, being very um, internally helpful. We are, mm. we are a community more than simply a, a, a location, I think. Oh, that's, that's nice. How quaint. <laughs> How quaint. They say, well, then I won't keep you from your duties, but uh, I would ask, though, uh, you are a member of the Emerald Enclave as well, I believe? Uh, I mean... They say turning to you, Hurst. Uh, um, I mean, I've, I've worked with them. I've got some friends in there. Listen, I'm a little bit behind on my crafting for this particular month, and so I'm unable to do a couple of tasks that they've asked me for. If you were looking for some work, I could point them your direction. They've been quite insistent about a couple of them. I mean, we could have a chat with them, I guess. Guys, any objections? I don't have any with the... I don't think I've pissed off the Emerald Enclave. No, there's always time. Fantastic. Are you you currently residing in Trollskull, or is it still being fixed? Where can I send them to you? Uh, I am... Uh, sleeping in the uh, well, I'm, I'm making a uh, orchard out back, uh, and I've also converted that into uh, where I have a have have a have an app. Uh, uh, these two, uh, honestly, I don't know. Like, honestly, I don't see them. I I assume they sleep. I haven't seen them sleep. Mm-hmm. I've staked out one of the rooms. Probably one of the good ones. I think sure. he's sharing a room with another. While uh, it's, I mean, fling. So like, not wait. before you come in. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> While it's being repaired, I am. You still have three nights uh, booked at the Yawning Portal. 
you know, just while you get your stuff organized. So it's probably likely you'll be staying there for the time Fair being. Raynar has pulled some strings with, with uh, Dernan, who is happy to accommodate while you're fixing up Troll Skull. Yeah. And, you know, before you even have a bed or before you're entirely certain that you can stay in your room without falling through the floorboards yet uh, before the renovations begin. So we'll say that you're staying at the Yawning Portal for now, unless you have any objections, of course. No, that. Great. Now, uh, well, I mean, you know, it, the price is right, right? Yeah. Right, doggy. <laughs> so, with that then, uh, you leave Coraline's Crown for the time being and you go back out onto the city streets. You can see that there is a small child, uh, a, a short, maybe, I don't know, 10 years old, sandy-haired lad, just wearing the simple brown cotton uniform of a sort of a... a what economic class is this toddler? Yes. <laughs> it's not a, not a toddler. <laughs> It's a well-to-do ten-year-old, <laughs> a well-to-do lad. So, so we're saying upper middle class. Uh, yes. Well, okay. So they, so they look like a messenger. They have a huge satchel of you know letters and parchment and whatnot. They're running around. The reason I mention this is because they, when they catch eye of you, they run over to you excitedly. Yeah. Alright. As mentioned, about 10 years old, he's got sort of like a, a sandy blonde hair and a bowl cut, mm-hmm. uh, mischievous looking eyes. Um, he holds forth to you, uh, to whoever looks to be in charge, I guess, maybe, I mean, by default it's only the human, hate to say it, or almost the most human looking, which would be Jez. But no, but no, excuse me, you're the most intimidating her, so he would probably actually go to Lyle and hand forth what it, what, it, what looks like a well, black... Well, you know, yeah. he, looks, a, he looks down at me and then when he does <laughs> a black uh, paper scroll yeah. black well that's not full buddy no not at I uh, would probably yeah hold up before you open that I agree Hearst takes three steps backwards okay oh, hey. alright you're what? good no, no, no! Just open it. You're fine. <laughs> you notice that it's it is it is sealed with the seal of the Blackstaff Tower. Oh, Blackstaffs! Oh, uh, I think it's Black Staves. No, I suppose it's more than one now. Well, I mean, if they serve the Black Staff, then are they Black Staves or are they the Black Staff? <laughs> they're probably the Black Staff Staff. If we're going to get into it, the boy clears his throat loudly and holds his hand out for a tip. I hand him the rest of the um, apricot that the <laughs> paramonkey gives. <laughs> So he he looks at it and says, um, thank you. Sure. Thank you, sir. And just turns and walks away. You can hear this, oh, nectarine. (laughs) Clearly clearly he's throwing it into the crowd. (laughs) Sure, let's piss off, you know, the servants that belong to the most powerful mages in the city. That was a good... This this, this kid is is basically a courier. Like, say, he would run around and deliver messages to all sorts of things. Look, I gave him food that was gifted to me by the familiar of a very powerful magic user. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, that's got to be worth something. That sounds... That sounds like a thing. I don't know how the economy works. Hmm. I just know that's uh, not fair. That's very true. So I just gave him something useful. Very true indeed. Do you read the scroll? Did I do? Great. The scroll is terse to the point. Okay. Effectively, it says something to the effect of, Raynar speaks highly of you. That mm. is all I need to know. I'm, mm. in, I'm in need of trusted people to aid me in some tasks. Please report to Blackstaff Tower at your convenience. What is with everybody asking us to do stuff today? No, well, that's what we... It's good. It's good. Maybe there's money in it. Have yeah. we had breakfast? <laughs> yes. Okay, good. Yeah. You haven't had lunch. That's important. All right, can we grab like a pie or something on the way? Then? Yeah, let's... Oh, oh, can we go to Nectarine the didn't tide you over? No, it didn't. It's a nectarine. <laughs> so, say again, uh, Jess. Let's go. Let's go to the pub. I'll have a quick, uh, have a quick feed and a quick drink. 
It's a half-eaten nectarine. Okay, so you realize that on the very outskirts of Trollskull Alley, there is one other pub. It's yeah. called Fru's Brews. It is a small, <laughs> dingy-looking place. Okay. And it is the only other drinking hole that is even nearby to Trollskull. It's not really in Trollskull. It's kind of on the outskirts. So you Fru's can, Brews. You where you get the good news about this. You could go there, or you could go all the way. You could go back to the Yawning Portal. Ah, oh, let's go check out the. Um, kind of competition alright then so mm-hmm. you so it's, it's just after midday you go to wander on into Fru's Brews you can see that it is a dark dingy very dark wooden f- floorboards that are not even particularly polished they're just you know roughly sanded and covered in sawdust the walls are cracked and yellowing on their plaster the support beams of the roof one of them looks cracked and rotted through with rain damage like it's about to fall through there is a bar which uh, smells straight away you can smell just the faintest the faintest hint of urine in the corner mm-hmm. and there are a couple of uh, very shady looking customers there is a group of three dwarves who look like miners but also miners that are there are miners that also have you know a very kind of shady look about them they look up at you and then go back to their go back to their huddling and whispering in the corner uh, you can see that there is a male elf a very handsome male elf who appears to be a moon elf so he's got very pale skin which is almost almost tinged with blue and long black hair, which is tied back in a ponytail, and uh, a, a large, wide-brimmed black leather hat on. Is otherwise dressed in a relatively neat, you know, upper middle class suit. Uh, he is there sipping some wine in the corner and looks at you when you when you come in. The bartender is a tall, grizzled man who has got sort of an unshaven appearance. He looks rather gaunt and has, he probably looks to be in about his late 50s or so. He's got short crop graying hair, a wicked scar on his right cheek, mm-hmm. and is just dressed in, you know, simple bartender's clothes. An, an apron which is stained with blood. And you don't know that he's serving food, so it's a bit weird. Um, he is cleaning a glass by spitting into it and rubbing it over with a rag. As you walk in, he looks at, Hello there. I whisper to my... I haven't seen you before. I whisper to my companions, I don't think we've got much to worry about with our uh, competition, competition here. Yeah, if, the, if our bar doesn't smell like piss, then we're probably already ahead. Yeah, uh, I need, uh, uh, you got any food? Yes, I sure do. What, what would you like then? What he, do you got? He, he points to the table. He, he points to the to a, to a table on the side and says, sit down, I'll bring you lunch. Yeah, and right. some ales too, please. All right then. So he walks over behind the bar. So what's your names then? Uh, Hurst. I'm Jess. Lyle. My name's Fru. Fru. Yeah. Oh, the, uh... Named uh, Fru from Fru's Brews, I and presume. Owner, proprietor, barkeep. He wanders, he wanders over. Thump, new to the neighbourhood. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, we've, we've just kind of moved in around the, the corner, you know. Have you heard of Troll Skull Manor? Yes. Fight a uh, toad out of the top floor. Uh, was it this morning? The day, yesterday? No, it was this morning. Yeah, this morning. Oh, yes. I heard something about that. Wait, so you live in Trollskull? Yeah, sounds our digs now. I bet. I, Volo sold it. I tried to buy it. You wouldn't sell it to me. Yeah, we uh, did him a favour. He owed us a debt. Well, I could have bloody well done him a favour if that was part of the asking price. He said he wouldn't part with it. This is nonsense. He slams down the beer ke- the beer keg on the desk. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a pretty big favour, though. What's wrong with this place, though? Lovely. Yeah, but if you're going to be opening up... Tr- are you wait? You know, opening the tap room, are you? Oh no! Look, there's um, look, there, look, there's um, we um, <laughs> there's a ghost in there. 
And there was a bloody ghost in there. I, I got a priest to kill it and everything. I, I, I had no, my bases covered. I was going to no, kill the ghost. There, and... there, there's, there's, there's still a ghost in there. No, but I if think I would have... I think that priest ripped you off, mate. No, he didn't... Say, listen, get, I, had a, I had a range for a priest to kill the ghost if I bought it. And I can clear it out and open it up. Oh, um, yeah, no, there's a ghost in there. Um... <laughs> Yeah, mate, he, mate, he gets it. Well, I guess our ghostly friend is lucky that we decided to set up shop there then. Great. Ghost's name is Life. Okay. Mate, just stop. Just stop talking. <laughs> he says, so you intend to open up Troll Seal? Yeah. I mean, I've already opened up part of Troll Skull. <laughs> yeah, it's real, it's real funny, mate. He right. says, kind of is. Just don't open the tap room. Hmm? Oh, yeah? Why's that? Because this is the bar for this neighborhood. No need for two of them. What happens if we do decide to open up the tap room, mate? Well, then we've got a problem, haven't we? Yeah. Seems like we might, eh? Get out! <laughs> he points at the door. That's right. it. Get out. Righto. The nurse is just like, all right. <laughs> so, so. Lovely conversation. Thank the, you. The, so, he's, so, I mean, assuming you, you don't want to get in a fight with an old man, you get up and uh, leave the leave the tavern? Look, if go. he wants to rumble, Hurst isn't going to hold back. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing for sure. I'm definitely not eating here. No, I would imagine not. So, do you... T- do, he had already brought out your beers, by the way. Do you do you take them with you? I mean, you oh, pay, no. I, you I, pay, I, you pay for them. I drain it. I'm just like... Yeah. Okay, and he's now. like, get out. And Hurst just drains his ale, slams it back down. So, Nadia, Jez, can you please give me a sleight of hand check? Hello. Uh, that is 15. Hurst, can you please give me a perception check? Fail, 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 fail. As Jez, <laughs> as Jez is being naughty. Uh, I fail. Yes! Okay. So, with your consent, as anything which is even vaguely <laughs> PvP related, mm-hmm. Nadia was going to, Jez was going to slip one of the potions, the, the, um, the wacky potions into your into your Climbing air. one. I don't oh. need the climbing one. <laughs> I, I can turn into a spider and climb up the wall. <laughs> so it, there's, a, there's a strong chance you may turn into a spider anyway. <laughs> so it's a it's a little pranked, but I mean, as even, even though it's a very benevolent little bit of PvP, I always consent? do. Do you consent? Would to this have, be yeah, sure. Fun for you. Well, let's okay, go. fantastic. So, <laughs> so here's what happens. Uh, first of all, Mark. Yes. You you now have eight eyes, and you don't notice you don't notice this, of course, because they just sort of <laughs> pop up on your head. Are they functional? Uh, no, they're not. <laughs> just useless. But eyes. but just googly eyes for reason. Well, for reasons that you are not really aware of. Yeah, you, you now have advantage on all perception checks. Right. What's the reaction of the bartender? Yeah, what, do you, what do you know? What's the reaction of you two as well? Well, let's, <laughs> mate, oh, was you, were, you were staring him down, and it seems like you've been staring him down to the power of you know of seven now. So, so at, okay, at this point, okay, Fru just stands up, holds his hands up, and backs away, and says, "All right, all right, no trouble here. <laughs> I no trouble here. Just leave. Just leave. We're all good." All right, that catches my eye. Take your beer. Take your beer. So that catches my eye, and then I look down at the beer. It's like, wait, what did you do? What's up? <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> so Fru says, what kind of it? No, I'm looking at him, not at you. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Fru says, nothing. I didn't do this. What are you talking about? I look, yeah. Oh, well, that's a great way to deal with some competition. Oh, you'll be hearing from us, mate. The elf the What's, elf from the corner walks forward and says, I yeah. saw the whole thing. He slipped something into your drink. As soon as you mentioned, as soon as you mentioned something about opening yeah. the troll skull, yeah, this elf is saying that yes. Lyle slipped something into no, it. No, fruit, 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 the bartender. Okay. Right. Yeah, 
Well, so we'll take- you know the office line, but we yeah. don't. No, we do not. <laughs> we'll be taking our coin back. Bruce says, I never did. Well, I, I certainly saw it. Yeah, and me I'm- too. Yep. Well, that's two witnesses. Now, there's one of two ways this can fall out. This doesn't look overly harmful, unless I'm mistaken. You would know, of course. He's, he's leaning in. I, 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 did. I just go to poke one of the eyes. Oh, he's <laughs> I slap your hand away. <laughs> So the elf, the elf I says, see it coming with my perception now. <laughs> the so the the yes. elf the elf says, well, there's one of two ways this can go. I suggest that you pay us for our silence. Yes. Uh, let us say to the tune of four hundred gold, which I believe was your take for most of the week. Fru says, <laughs> that wouldn't be my take for most of the week. It'd be my take for most of the month. Well, I, I believe I saw some city watch outside. Were they still? Were they still there? Still looking into? Sorry, oh. no. Look, real quick. Who the hell are you? Oh, uh, my name is uh, Mr. Nevercott. J.B. Nevercott. Haberdasher. Extraordinaire. Indeed. And also the guy who could very well get us 400 gold for your arm. All right. I still don't know what you're you talking about. You don't want that kind of I, reputation, right. do Fru, you? Fru says, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. He, he, he wanders back and you, you hear him like unlock a couple of things and he, mm. he picks up like a small chest and sort of counts out a couple of, he counts out 400 uh, gold and a, a, a large portion of it is in silver. Uh, so Nevercott walks over to the, to the, to the bench and just kind of, you know, pushes it aside and separates it and says, uh, uh, let's say half-half? Uh, I think that's fair, considering your contribution to the witnessing of the events. Mm. He says, actually, no. No, no, no. You are the one who was aggrieved. I tell you what, you have the entirety of it, mm-hmm. uh, but agree to have a small meeting with me later on. Jez's eyes narrow nah. and she goes, I, no, no, no. all right. Yeah, let's, let's that do that. That sounds interesting. Let's walk and talk. Nevercott takes like three gold and says, uh, this is for my stay. I'll take this and just flicks it back through. Where is it? Just leave, all of you. I'm closing for the day. <laughs> for the day. Mm. <laughs> With that, he tips he 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 tips his hat and uh, wanders outside. Uh, in in the uh, burglars um, toolkit, would there be such a thing as like a little um, periscope mirror or something? Yeah, sure. In which case, I'm going to extend the periscope mirror up to about your eye height and then do it. When I say eye height, I mean like the lower set of your eyes or the higher right. set. Because it's like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, I just can't believe he did that. <laughs> So, so they're, they're all blinking at different times. It's freaking me out. <laughs> so you kind of a shitty thing to do. Whatever. So we're we going to the black stuff or what? You're just not bothered by this at all. I can turn into a spider. <laughs> all right, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> yes, a terrible thing that that fruit did. He turns and just mm. gi- and Jez just gives you a knowing wink <laughs> and says, uh, "I say, let's walk and talk." Yes, let's. So he starts to walk up the street. He says, oh, wait, uh, you might want to stand on a barrel, I imagine. He says, looking up at the sky. What? Uh, on a barrel. Elevate yourself. I- I'd say a good uh, three or four feet, perhaps. Why? Up to you. He shrugs and he shrugs and, and just really, really deftly, like a like a dancer, just like just takes like a little springy back step and is now currently perched on the edge of a wagon. All right. Now you are on the outside. You're outside of Troll Skull Alley, like yes. just on sort of a main, uh, sort of a smaller street that has a downward, a slightly downward slope. So he balances a little bit and says, "Trust me, we can talk. Soon we'll be a distraction, so we won't be on. We won't risk being overheard. The timing works out perfect." And he grins, a winning smile. Okay, Jez is just readying something. <laughs> no, he just he just folds his arms behind his back and looks. There's, oh. there's no such thing as a clock. I mean, there are clocks, but yeah. there are no watches or pocket watches. But you you suspect that he would be whipping out one if he yeah. had one. Yeah, he's checking the time. Um, all right, so I jump up on something. Do you, Hurst? Yeah, I'll scramble up on something. Now, it, 
I was given the climb potion. Yes. Does that like affect the way I get up? Like, do I feel different? Yeah. So, so up when it? you when you go to like I don't know, grab the wall or whatever, yeah. it's like you go. It's like Spider Man. Like you just yeah. come. Like you, you feel an elephant couldn't very easily right. pull you off the wall. All right. So I'll scramble up the wall and be like, all right. That, I mean, that probably explains the eyes. Then I you hear a strange cracking sound, and then all of a sudden you hear a. Th- a, a, a weird, weird noise. It's a, it's a roar, mm. and it's a strange roar. It's kind of like the roar that you hear of crashing waves on the beach, and then you hear cries of alarm, yep. and then all of a sudden, what appears to be hundreds of gallons of beer wash down the street like a tidal wave sweeping away barrels and wagons and you can see a bunch of people have been swept up in this deluge of beer this amber golden goodness just mm-hmm. runs down the street like pa- mostly bypassing Troll Skull because of, of the way that Troll Skull is quite hilly and this is sort of next to it but like man obviously something has gone wrong and you can hear a cry of alarm and beer just like swirls down Jez just, see, just says did I dose myself or did I just see a street full of beer you know it's a couple of things so first of all you, you are all elevated I believe is that correct uh, yes great all of the things that you are on uh, start to sort of uh, b- become victim to rocking and rolling however so Mark is immune because you have the spider climb you, just, you simply plant your hand on the wall and nothing can dislodge you you two can you please either give me an athletics or a acrobatics check either, either will do either using strength to hold on to something like or a signpost. Stay, keep balance. 18 yes. for me. Uh, use acrobatics as well. God, I'm rolling like ass today. Uh, I think I'm going to get swept. One sec. Acrobatics. Yeah, six. Six. Okay, so that is insufficient, sir. You Indeed. fall and you get swept up in the deluge and you start to plummet, soaking wet with beer. I drink as fast as I can. Fantastic. It's good stuff. Like, yeah. it's really, really good beer. Nadia, what did you get? Jez. 18. 18. You're, you're fine. However, from your elevated position, both you and Hurst can see there are two figures in particular that are being swept away that look to be... So so one of the them... architects. So one of them is a red-bearded dwarf uh, male who is just getting swept down in the deluge, just like screaming in anger, just like absolutely like... Like, this is really personally affecting him somehow. Right. And the other, unfortunately, you can see is a small child. So a small child, a, a little girl, a human girl with dark, uh, dark curly brown hair is being swept down, which is fine, except for the fact that she is actually going straight to an open sewer grate. Uh-oh. She's about to be swept down into the sewers. Okay, so, so you've got some rope. Yes, you've got some... You have to act very quickly, anyone that wants to try to save the small child. Yeah. Uh, so Hurst will basically exploit his spider climb to get over near her very quickly. Okay. Mm. Oh, good. Actually, yeah, because you could just basically like walk yeah. through the deluge and, I and can not throw, while he's doing that. I can yeah. throw a rope to him. Great. Give me, give me a either a sleight of hand or an acrobatics check, whatever's higher. Oh, I rolled really badly, so I'd like to re-roll that using my inspiration. You do have your inspiration. Uh, so that's twenty-two. Okay, great. And so Hurst, you just power through, getting covered in the like the the amber fluid just splats all over, washes over you like you're standing knee deep at the at the shore. Um, soon it subsides, however, and you using the fact that this small child she screams and she grabs the end of the rope, but she manages to hold on to it. And Hurst, you get over to her in quick order and pull the rope at the same time. So eventually, the soaking wet set year old girl is like just grabbing your neck and uh yeah that uh, what's my situation then given i'm about approximately that size so both you and the dwarf are swept down to the intersection of the road and then 
it, it just kind of peters out. Okay, you, cool. you go pretty far away, along, sure. along with the dwarf who stands up and says, Oh, that son of a bitch! Ah! Ah! Like he starts, he gets up and sort of starts to wash himself off and says, I don't even know how! How? I'm let out a long belch because I find my feet. What's going on here? What's what's with all the what's with what's with making my dreams come true? <laughs> Your dreams come true, not my dreams. I'm a brewer from up there. That's my entire vat of golden amber liquid. That tastes pretty my, good. My yes, it would have tasted good, wouldn't it? The ruin now. It's that elf. I know it's that elf. I can't prove it. What else is that? Uh, that, that never caught. Never caught. The one that told yeah. us that uh, uh, we should get off the ground. Yeah. Oh, I get a big... I want to confirm it anyway. He came to me, it was just yesterday, he wanted to buy my entire vat for a huge party he was going to be throwing, and I refused, and I could have been more polite. I said something about the fact... Listen, I don't like elves, okay? I said that elves can't hold their liquor. I grab him and hold him very high in the air. Well, too, well you're further up. Yeah, yeah. You and Sorry, we're in the intersection at this point. Sorry, my mistake. Uh, okay. And then there was a... Is it, it was smoke powder, though. It exploded and took it out. And that's how it did it. That takes some doing, but no way. I, I mean, I've heard of smoke powder, but I've never seen it before. I know that uh, back home they used to use it for mining sometimes, but it's unstable. That fool could have killed anyone. You're saying there's never caught. He's a haberdasher, isn't he? Oh, true, but he's a wealthy, he's a wealthy haberdasher. I think he works for someone important. I'd say you have to if he's got access to smoke powder and also is able to buy your entire stock. Hey. Nice. So, all right, listen. Clearly this hopefully brings an end to it. As vengeful as I am, I don't want to mess with someone like that. If they can pull off this kind of thing. So with that, he yeah. says, he, 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 he looks around and uh, says, uh, all right, I'm just going to make myself scarce. Go back and repair my uh, brewery. Just before you do, though, I, your name is? Uh, my name is Garlem. Garlem? Yes. My name is Lyle. We've just uh, taken ownership of Troll Skull Manor. Yeah, you, by the way, in tasting this beer, yeah. it is some of the best beer you have ever had. We're in the process of auditioning a number of brewers for a little enterprise that we're setting up. We're reopening the tap room. Well, as you can see, I can certainly use any further business. Wait, you don't have any elves working for you, do you? I mean, I get the Elves, job. yeah. Well, we're all a little half of something. I mean, I'm half a link. All right, all right. <laughs> he, well done. He, he grins and says, all right, all right. I guess this goes to show I can't quite afford to be as prejudiced as I used to be. Well, at the very least, you can safely say that not just elves can hold... No, I can't hold their liquor. Aye, aye. With, with that, he nods as a real troll skull, is it? Troll skull, yeah. All right, then. Well, I'll put to... Let me know. I'll be up there. You can't miss it. It'll be the brewer with a gigantic hole in the wall. So with that, he just starts to wring out his clothes and walks up. Uh, Hurst, the toddler, is clinging around your neck and just, like, sort of goes, What happened? What happened? Uh, there's a flash flood. This smells like beer. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> Could you put me down? I'm sorry. Yeah, just, just, just lower her to the ground. Yeah. Um, so the, the person who is not, you, you don't actually think was necessarily her parent, but is probably a guardian. Somebody or, responsible. Uh, someone responsible for her. Uh, is a short, uh, short, plump, attractive uh, woman with uh, dark brown hair and tan skin, uh, dressed, yeah, but essentially in servant's clothing, you know, like a nice blue dress, uh, and also a basket with what did have a bunch of groceries in it, you know, like uh, a couple of bottles of wine, and bread and uh, stuff like that for a picnic basically just runs up to her like throwing the basket to the ground just just like you know, grabs the small child 
and says, oh, are you all right? Are you all right? Yes, yes, I'm fine. I'm fine, Nanny, I'm fine. Oh, thank you so much, sir. I saw what happened. Uh, please, um, my lady would insist that you're rewarded for saving her daughter. Uh, from a little further away, Jez yells, I helped. <laughs> you just hear from the distance. <laughs> uh, they, I don't know who that person is. Uh, they are trying to take a reward for themselves. <laughs> so, so the Nanny uh, pours out uh, 50 gold and gives it to you. All right, I take it and I pocket it. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much, sir. Good way you did, actually. Well, let's say this is... Let's say I'm also keeping the potion. I'm also keeping this. Uh, But he doesn't know that. Has has nobody figured out? uh, Jez has been like hinting this entire time. No, I think I think I think I think like um, like there was something you said before about um, have I dosed myself as well? Yeah. That Hurst is like ah, I see. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Um, So yeah, Hurst has pocketed that fifty gold in restitution for. For hardship, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, for hardship experience. Lyle, by this point, you have regained the other two, and also Nevercott, who's uh, who's who just steps down from the barrel. Look, looking around at what you presume to be his handiwork. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing this was your doing? Yes. However, I want it noted that I did not expect a, a small child to be washed down the drain. That's very regrettable. I'm very glad you were there. We're in the middle of a city, mate. There's children everywhere. That's true. Did you think it would just magically avoid children? No, actually. I simply miscalculated the sewage trajectory. I thought they would drain out long before it got to the street. But Can I just get a bit of a read on, on, on that statement? Because of course you can. Because if yes. he's somebody who is totally fine with um, collateral damage, then that's a little bit worrying. Mm. Uh, so this would be insight. I don't have any insight. Like, the guy refusing to give him beer is, like, a dick, but this seems a bit extreme as retaliation. It seems like a very extreme response. I don't know, it seems seems player character-wise to me. If you are... The the dwarf walks past... The dwarf walks past, by the way. Oh my god, this guy's a player character. (laughs) The dwarf walks past, uh, keeping his distance, but Nevercott says, I'm sorry, one moment. Now who can't hold their liquor? Ah, there it is. I was waiting for it. And so the the dwarf just looks at him, and for a second gets really angry, and then just puts his head down and runs on. And I got a 16 for insight. Yeah, no, so you think he's he's generally upset that anybody actually came to risk. You thought this would be just a wacky little hijink uh, thing. I'm satisfied. You, you You believe him when he said that he thought that from where the sewer drains are that it would drain out but there was more beer than he thought or whatever. exactly so yes he says uh, listen I uh, I apologise for that I don't expect you to get swept up in that alright <laughs> kind of feels like you uh, didn't really think this one all the way through hey I must be honest and say that often I don't think things all the way through sometimes living by the seat of your pants is the best way to be I think you and I that. could be friends oh my god this guy is such a player character he's he is a real, he flashes you an incredibly handsome smile and uh, mm. over, and uh, holds out his hand to shake perhaps more than a friend <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe he takes your he check, takes, for, check for marriage he takes your hand and tries to kiss it he tries to give you a bow and, and gentlemanly kiss of the hand. I allow him. Okay, you do. He says, enchanted. Enchanté. So, shall we walk and talk? I think so. Fantastic. Where are you off to? Where are we off to? Uh, we're going to the Black Star. Yes. Yeah. Uh, probably want to grab some street food on the way because we were denied lunch. True. And I wouldn't mind something in my belly. That was a lot of beer. Yeah. So you got soaked, didn't I you? I got absolutely drunk. You just smell like a brewery yourself. Man. I am all, yeast all over. I just I gra- I get a bucket of of water from I don't know maybe there was just a, a pail hanging up outside collecting rainwater and I just douse yep. you. Ugh. So you notice by the way 
already uh, a couple of griffin riders have soared overhead and Navakot just kind of steps under the steps mm-hmm. under the awning of a mm-hmm. nearby shop to avoid their notice as mm-hmm. they're clearly you know they're, they're the equivalent of the police helicopters right so they've arrived and they start to swoop around you can hear the, the crawling of the griffins and that's fine the city watcher have merged on the scene but they'll likely be Joe's uh, mother's under her breath I'm gonna get me one of those griffins <laughs> so Navakot turns to you and says right <laughs> oh, they're so cool would you like to assist me in uh, procuring one at some point? Blink, blink. Are you serious? Yes, in fact. Don't play it was with on, my heart. It was on my to-do list, believe me. Oh, mate, yes. Who doesn't want a griffin? I, I know, right? All these guys are making fun of me. Well, there's a reason. What? Just, you know, it's a little bit illegal. It's. It doesn't even... Let's not even talk about the illegality of it. Can you ride a horse? No. Well, as far as I'm aware, a horse can go forward, backward, side to side. How are you going to manage when something can also go up and down? I'll figure it out. Um, that'll be At least that'll be interesting to watch. Mm. Pain is the greatest teacher. Mm. <laughs> oh, none of you believe in me. I believe I've got a true connection with these glorious creatures. Yeah, it's, I mean, look, honestly. Well, you better hope that you maintain that connection, otherwise you're going to you're going to have a connection with the pavement. Oh, I don't know. Nothing a rope can't fix. <laughs> so, uh, so Nevercott says, uh, well, <laughs> you're all delightful. <laughs> what do you, uh, I assume that you are a group of mercenaries adventurers. I, I heard you mention that you were, attending to, you were intending on opening up Troll Skull Manor once more. That was the intent. That's right. I'm glad to know that we've got somewhat of a reputation already. I kn- I'm new to town and uh, I suppose I've already heard of you then. <laughs> so tell me, I new wonder... To Yes, indeed. My haberdashery is rather new. I've only been here for uh, a little under a month. Mm. I represent a new potential mover and shaker in the city. A new group that is, uh, well, interesting and... uh, Uh, Here we go. Let's just say that we are looking to, or they are looking to expand. They've certainly hired me, even though I don't fit their normal uh, parameters, shall I say. All right. Who, who are they? Brigandev. I was waiting for it. What's that? Oh, right. Yes. You're the, the fancy guys we saw in the sewer. Oh, I'm not, but they hire me, you see. They need, they need humans, elves, dwarves as well. You see, they're very, how can I put this, uh, ethnically selective with uh, who they have as actual members. But they're dark elves. Yeah. Indeed. Was I, not, was I not there? I was there. I saw it. We had this whole thing. Yeah. Says, oh, they were fine. Yes, I mean, my, polite chat. my experience with them being there so far have been that they're actually quite benevolent. They, they were, they're mercenaries and they, they were, tend... They were pretty good to us when we told them that we wouldn't be talking about where we saw them, but we seem to be doing oh, that a lot. Were they the down with the matriarchy people? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> worst, worst summation ever, by the way. But that, I mean, is it not accurate? It's not wrong. It's, it's, <laughs> it is beyond the pale of an act. <laughs> so he says, listen, they like me, uh, entrepreneurs like yourself can uh, find some work with them if you're interested. Uh, they intend to, how can I put this, be a good underworld. Um, they work outside the law, of course, but they want to do so in a no, community. They, they want to give back to the community and make sure that uh, crime is safe, uh, <laughs> he looks around at the beer tornado and mm-hmm. says, avoids collateral damage and otherwise doesn't hurt the little people. Well, that's always been my motto and the way that I like to move through the world. Oh. I certainly wouldn't mind considering it, but obviously my compatriots here might have more concerns. Well, listen, it's as simple as this. I, I have a job I need to find somebody to do. They pay well. I'll look good to them if I can get some skilled people to take care of it. Well, we are of a mind to do so, but when would you want this job done by? 
Oh, there's no immediate time frame. It wouldn't likely need to be done over the next few days, however. Ideally, of course. I'll tell you what, Nevercott. Yes. Why don't you stop by uh, Trollskull Manor sometime in the afternoon, evening? We can I see. talk a little bit more about it, but we've got some business that we also need to take care of. So, once again, relatively new, speci- specifically to this neighbourhood. Trollskull, that's that dilapidated mansion on the, the outskirts. The, the one with the, the new hole that's blown through the Yeah, uh, it's top the one that the toad was fired out. The it's roof a work of. in progress. I see. Magnificent. So, I can give you... Uh, a couple of useful pieces of information, you know, just to um, smooth oh, the way. Exactly right, and uh, to cement our new relationship. Now, and I suppose mostly the relationship between yourself and uh, my benefactors. Mm-hmm. One is that there is a Zentarum hideout, and a family in residence in your alleyway is being held hostage and being forced to put on a brave face while they occupy their basement. <gasps> Mm. Is this not the thing, the, 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 the little guys? It could be. Your folk. Urchins. Or no. halflings. <laughs> Take your pick. No, it sounds like the basement dwelling, mm. brewing people. You're talking about the Peabody's? Yeah, the Peabody's. Oh, no, that's that's a completely different ward. He's saying this is in Trollskull Alley. Oh, yeah. okay, sorry, my apologies. No, no, that's okay, that's okay, lots of... <laughs> no, that's that. We should absolutely call on the Peabody's because they're also homebrewers. Indeed. True. Uh, so, he says, uh, so here's the address, and he gives you an address. It's actually only about, you know, four houses down from Trollskull. Uh, my understanding is that they're using it for some of their smuggling operations, and that they have a particularly nasty piece of work lieutenant that works for them and is holding the family hostage. They thought it would be a bit too suspicious if the family disappeared, so they've been rather reclusive, and for good reason, because they have criminals in their basement that won't, won't let them leave except under very special circumstances. What's the family's name? Uh, I believe they are called the Timberleys. Timberleys. Okay. Well, listen, I think even without any reward, this is something we could do to increase our renowned and as you say ingratiate ourselves in the neighbourhood there are multiple opportunities I'm sure that someone would be very grateful for us either rescuing the family or clearing out the Zentarum or both I'm not against this idea in general I'm a little bit suspicious of your uh, fancy friends but uh, honestly uh, uh, so am I <laughs> I'm someone who's always been a bit of a middleman shall you say uh, who's worked for um, the odd person here, the odd person there. I'll be perfectly honest with you and say that I actually used to be a, well, not a, a member of, but an agent or a freelancer, you could say, for the Xanathar Guild. Um, how, uh, when he says honest, can mm-hmm. I do an inside check just to see how? Oh, of course, ab- yeah, absolutely. When he says honest, how, like, relative to what? And I'm going to inspire that. Sounds good. Uh, Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Uh, no. So I mean, I mean, I mean yeah. you know, definitely, definitely think he's telling the truth. He's. It, it seems like he's actually coming clean and okay. w- wanting to be unburdened. a, bit, a <laughs> bit more unburdened and so. And let's just say that when I first came to town, a little short while ago, I signed on with who I thought was the power of the city, and I was assured that they weren't too malevolent. And it turned out that I was very, very wrong indeed. I uh, so I can definitely say that the Xanathar Guild are the brutalist of the brutal. And sounds so like, I have a... Sounds like in terms giving them a decent run for their money. Well, there are two distinct factions, of course. And one, the Doom Raiders, do in fact seem to be much more benevolent. They want to go into private security. But the thing is, of course, they are still loan sharks. Mm. And that's not something that I often approve of, much as I realise it is a necessity sometimes. So, yes, the other thing I would suggest is that you are just very careful of 
any any association. Uh, I, I realize that uh, it, it is probably very likely that you were the ones to uh, take out Tamek. <coughs> would that be fair to say? <coughs> True. We wouldn't know a name. We wouldn't know anyone by the name of Tamek. I see. Well, uh, hypothetically, were you responsible for the uh, snuffing out of the candle of that uh, arrogant blonde-haired Zentarum chap? Know that his grandmother is a force to be reckoned with. Hmm. All right. We, we have been trying to tread carefully, I suppose. I see. We have things to do, but uh, we don't necessarily have to ruffle too many skirts mm-hmm. when we do them. Indeed. We'll have to consider a few things, I think. Indeed. Very well. Well, I don't know where my activities will take me, but if you're willing to at least consider this one job, and uh, perhaps I will see you at Troll Skull. Uh, when do we say? Oh, this evening. This mm-hmm. evening. Bring some wine. <laughs> He smiles and says, I have some of the very best. Well, well, our ghost bartender will probably be the uh, the judge of that. Ghost bartender? You'll see. It's yeah, great. It's, it's a, a good he's, time. he's a bartender who's a ghost. Magnificent. Very well, then. I suppose I will simply wait and talk to you then, with any nods. Now, don't forget, this evening you also have dinner arrangement yes. with uh, Embrick and Arvi. We do. Great. Okay, that's fine. So, yeah, with, I think with, no reason why we can't so pull he give, everyone in together. He gives a sweeping bow and goes to kiss your hand one more time before he leaves. I allow him. Very well. He says, enchanted once more. I'd check all your rings if I were you. Okay. With that, he turns and uh, strides off with a springy step. Lovely fellow. Easy on the eyes too, yeah? Uh, if you say so. Explosive temperament. Yeah, that's not very funny. Well, I think it's quite good. I think, like, given the amount of time you had to come up with something, I think you could probably could have done better. Hmm. Don't think it's going to play well out in the sticks. <laughs> We're all about feedback here, aren't we? <laughs> I think Lyle's just got all the feedback he needs. <laughs> Maybe that's what Troll Skull uh, needs, is a, is a comedy night. Oh, I think so. <laughs> oh, no. There's nothing worse than people that think they're funny. Oh, you wouldn't know comedy if it kicked you in the ass, mate. On the other hand, it's not like you couldn't not see it coming. I thought that kicking someone in the ass was comedy. Well, you're not wrong. It also explains where to aim your humour. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Okay. Everyone take inspiration. That's some great banter. Thanks for listening to Shared Sagas. All music on the show is used under Creative Commons. Check the episode notes for full details.